Broadcasting from the lives of the top of the Arctotriumph. <laughs> it's Steve and Joe. The double act you never wanted to hear again. It's time. It's time to take off your blouse. Put on your shirt. Man up. Put on your double Ds and double these features. Because <laughs> we're doing twice as many, if not more so. But with half as few Regular members of the regular features team. Big business, small numbers. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. This is the regular features podcast. It's the podcast where we do the same thing every week. It's the same thing every week. And as usual, three-fifths of the regular features team has been sloughed. (laughs) (laughs) Sloughed away. Yeah. Like skin in milk. Yeah, like diseased Flesh. One of them rubbed too hard. One of them has a good reason not to be here. The other two, what's up with that? Couldn't be asked. Could not be bottomed to be S- out. Some of you are literally paying for this right now. I feel we've come into this really high energy, good, a good volley of back and forth chat just mm-hmm. now, and I know I can't keep it up. Oh, I know I not. can't keep that up. I especially because. Speaking to you and no one else means I have to look directly at you a lot. Yeah. And you have one of the less reactive faces on the podcast. You're quite, you're quite like stony. Is that true? I think, yeah. And I find it just disheartening. <laughs> I find it very hard to emote Joe. to you. No, I don't oh. at all. It's no, 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 no. That's an interesting thing. Your, your face, can I just say? Hmm. Is wonderfully expressive. Too big. A um, lot to it. Well, there's more to say when you've got that much to work with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a fucking Rothko painting. Wait, what does he do? Rothko did he, do... Wait, he's minimalist. He did story-tall canvases of nothing but red paint. Oh, that's your face. I'm the... Uh, I'm Pollock. Pollock you say I've Roth- got a massive red face. <laughs> yeah. Do now because oh. you're embarrassed <laughs> that I've um, pinned you to the fucking wall. Pretty embarrassed. What is this podcast about? Well, let me tell you. Shut I up. You were asking Shut. me. No, this face is going to open and close in a really loud way that's not fun. Um, no expression in your eyes. I've to make up for the lack of uh, Matt and. Gav mm-hmm. and Log, mm-hmm. I've written twice as many features as I'd normally commit to writing for an episode, which makes in total about one and a half actual features. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I've got three features. Are you chipping me? But one of them's very short and the other one's not written down, so I might forget key parts. Shiting Nora. Well, we should get our um, skates on. Yep. Uh, go some, to the skate park. Get some toilet roll for Nora. Get some toilet roll for Nora, who is presently shiting. <laughs> She's not well. <laughs> Dysentery. It is time for the next regular feature. Feature number one. I looked at the back of a now, that's what I call music CD. Mm. When was the last time you looked at the back of a now, that's what I call music CD? Oh, probably not since I've owned a now, that's what I call music CD. And when was that? Um, it was the one where track one on disc A mm-hmm. was 
It's the song that goes uh, either Timmy or Jimmy knows the day we caught the train. Oh, Lana. Oh, oh Lana. Ocean Colour Scene. Ocean Colour Scene. I don't remember that yeah, one. So that can place it in time. I had the one with Zombie Nation on it, and it was green. And I listened to it on a coach once. And that's my oh. nostalgic memory. But I was thinking, I've got an old... I haven't kept up with the music scene. And I looked at the back of a CD. Mm. And this is the track listing. Just so we could get... And I reckon most of our listeners are old. Yeah. Older this, than us. This is, Destitute. Um, this is uh, timely and relevant and topical. Because mm-hmm. everyone's Spotify... Uh, 2018, 2017, mm. uh, this is what your music tastes are has come out. So, so this is relevant. Who was your number one artist on Spotify? I haven't checked mine yet. Mine was uh, an artist called Hot Dad, and he wrote <laughs> and he wrote a comedy album about wrestlers. That and you... I listened to that more than any other music oh, this year. I did listen to that. It's a fantastic album. It does make me feel really embarrassed <laughs> that yeah. I'm this boring. Because I've given up... Ticking that all little private session button. I don't give a shit anymore. No, just let it all in. Let them yeah. know. Last year was the Lonely Island. I've got a type. <laughs> that is not serious about anything. <laughs> but this is what serious people listen to. Number mm. one, Human by Rag and Bone Man. It's a good song. Number one song. Yeah. Number two, Rag by Bone Human Man. Mm-hmm. Number three, Man by Human Bone Rag. I, yeah, I could. I love. Human bone rag. <laughs> Number four, uh, kiosk with a hole flavor. Is that, is that feet a hole flavor? No, no, that's the name of the song. Oh. A hole flavor by kiosk. Uh, Getting. I've not read these before. This is all new to oh, me. Of course, yeah. So this might be difficult to pronounce. Get in that bin and crank your dick <laughs> by Felicity Kendall. <laughs> Archbishop Desmond's Tutu by Jonathan Big Boobs Johnson. <laughs> Sacrilegious. Gooch Too Nice by Thin Women in the Blimp. Mm. Onward Christian Soldiers by Abu Hamza. Sound of the Summer. Sound of the Summer. That that sort of um, that call to prayer style on the old Christian anthem is really mixing things up. Mm-hmm. Breaking down barriers. With hook hands. I got no time for a man with no lips by Furious Christine. Mm-hmm. I might not got lips, but I got toes all over by Responding Brian. I think that's a <laughs> fuck you and a fuck you right back or a furb situation. Uh, Dwayne by Avocado Fuck Tank. Uh, Let Me Say the N Word by Eminem. Juggalo's Pledge by Cliff Richard. And Please, Please, Please Let My Sauce Be Piquant by Morrissey, but he's a chef. And that's now that's what I call music. Mm. Ninety-eight. I don't get it. No, it's all um, double Dutch to me these days. What du- the kids are listening to? They do listen to a lot of a double, double Dutch. Dutch. Yeah, they Ed Sheeran's new album, <laughs> <laughs> where he sings in stereo in Dutch. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey Joe. Hello. Now it's time for Steve's regular feature, Steve's Kennel Story. Kennel Story. You know where I was last night. <laughs> I know where you were. <laughs> All the time. Because of my series of drones. Yeah. Aerial oh. drones. Oh, I, I, well, am I telling people where you were? Well, you, yeah. Go on. Dog Airport Prison. 
That's great. You were paying attention. I was. Sometimes I feel like you don't care about me. Because I keep my, I have to put so much effort into making those big expressive faces that yeah. I just lose track of what's going on around me. I went to... I'm going to say, to, to protect the identities of those involved. The dogs. Uh, Heathrow Airport's <laughs> Animal Reception Centre. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever wondered about how animals... Um, go on planes. I actually have, yeah. and I was fascinated to learn about it. So I also actually had, and when I had the chance to visit Gatwick Heathrow's Animal Reception <laughs> Centre, um, I leapt at it, much like a cougar or a leopard leaping on its prey. They're animals. In the Animal Reception <laughs> Centre on the bad days. Yeah. Did um, you ask if they ever get like elephants? Yes, I did. Good. They never had elephants. Um, They had uh, tigers, uh, flamingos. How many? Because a flamingo always comes in a herd. Oh, yeah. Single flamingos. I think what? Single flamingo. A flamingi. (laughs) A flamingus. (laughs) Um, Right. Anyway. I am digressing. Um, I went to the. The uh, Heathrow Animal Reception Centre, where they do take receipts of of animals as exotic as tigers and as uh, benign, b- mundane as uh, worms and ants. They have worms there. Yeah, like every animal that comes to to uh, Heathrow. I hope this is interesting. I th- I found it really interesting. Super and this interested. is just me being genuine. This is me this is me being genuine so now. So sincere. I'm being really serious. I feel like you're being way more expressive with your face just because I said that <laughs> thing. I'd prefer it if you were stony. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Let me gather my thoughts. They've got worms at Gatwick Airport. Do they have them in a big soil thing? And they, do they yeah. have to mark them like with little scarves to tell whose worms are whose? Not only do they have to... They don't put scarves in them. Okay. That's silly. But they do have to count them. Right. They have a special room in which they count fish that come in because you have to declare exactly how many fish you're put you're putting into the UK. But so what but does that mean you could put in your your six favorite worms and you might not get the same worms back? Cuz worms are so indistinct. No, because they'd be in the people, same box. Oh, they stay in the same box. Yeah, they I just, just think they're putting they just in make a, a big pile of worms. Well, fish <laughs> go in water and there's that just seems like they'd be They get to be transported lots of water. in water. I don't know if they do. <laughs> what, you, you get the put in little little pods, with little glasses case. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Hope you're all right at the other side. Yeah, they throw them in a tank and yeah. just scoop them out. Here, have a fucking dogfish. <laughs> have any given dogfish? Yeah. Another interesting thing about the animal reception center: if an animal finds its way onto a plane, um. By oh, by deceit hook or crook <laughs> or deceit. Yeah, um, it, it becomes the responsibility of the animal reception centre at the destination airport. So, like thirty pigeons in a trench coat with an orangutan at the yeah. top. It's like, mate, you're going to animal reception centre after this. Animal Alcatraz. <laughs> Um, there are examples of if you go to. Have you ever been to a foreign country before? Um, one or two. Do you know how they got lizards? I've heard tell. You see them on the walls and everyone goes, Oh, oh lizard, that's not normal. But it's actually just like it's a spider, very, it's but very for the foreigns. It's what they they even call them, sp- spider lizards. They call them foreign spiders. <laughs> foreign spiders. <laughs> um, 
they they get lizards on planes all the time, but every time there's a lizard on a plane, effing animal reception center. Did you purposely invoke Samuel L. Jackson when you said effing? I know. I didn't think about that. Although she did tell me, um, the woman that I met, about genuine snakes on a plane. <gasps> it happens. This woman accidentally had one in her carry-on luggage. The same woman you were talking to? No. no <laughs> Is that how woman. she got in this game? <laughs> <laughs> I knew from that day I had a responsibility. <laughs> to traffic animals responsibly. <laughs> um, it sounds like you fell in love with this woman. Uh, she's awesome. Yeah, she was really good. Okay. And she's not a, who uh, you, Joe, are about to depict in my feature about the time I went to a kennel. Okay. In which you are going to play someone called Dogman, <laughs> who's responsible for all of the dogs in the kennel. I'd love to be Dogman. Mm. Let me get into Dogman. <clears throat> and this is what happened when I went to see uh, the kennels. <laughs> Welcome to the kennels, or as I like to call them, the terrible dog castle. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here and to learn a little bit more about what you do. Well, you come to the right place to learn about what I do, as this is precisely where I do it. Yes, here in the terrible dog castle. That's right. And our first port of call on my whistle-stop tour of the bad dog chalet... Hold on, I thought you said it was the terrible dog castle. Of course, that's what I meant. Our first stop at the terrible dog castle is this, large and in charge, Pucherino, the awful canine burden whose name we cannot say. At this point, we round a corner of the kennel to see a monstrously large dog in a cage, his bloated body filling it like a hairy water balloon inflated the bursting point. Ruff! He woofs languidly from un- from some unseen point on his undulating surface. His woof causes all of the other animals in the kennel to start howling. Now let me break character for one second to say that you've written roof and that you say woof afterwards, which I love. Yeah, one's onomatopoeic and one's a verb. Exactly. One is what a dog sounds like because yeah. we've mischaracterized what dogs sound like <laughs> for so long. And yet... I love it. Anyway, Dogman. <laughs> I'm not back in Dogman. Thank you for pointing out. Sorry, I'm back in Dogman. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> I can change my voice drastically Thank now. <laughs> well, now you've gone and upset the dogs. It'll take us weeks to stop these dogs howling, as each dog will howl for one hour per minute of sadness that they've ever felt. And some of these dogs are seriously downcast, verging on abject. Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Let's move on. Indeed. Now... I know I said this was the horrible pooch motel. I th- I thought you said this was the terrible dog castle. Yes, the terrible dog castle. That's what I've been saying. Well, despite what the name might lead you to believe, we also have cats here in the kennel. Cats? That's right. Wretched bastard cats. Is it safe to keep them so close to the terrible dogs? You tell me. We round another corner of the kennel to reveal a harrowing and bloody scene. Two cage doors have been flung wide open, their wire mesh doors speckled with bits of tattered fur and sinewy ribbons. In the darkness of one cage, a beastly silhouette shifts and contorts, becoming two shapes, one a dog, its eyes burning with primal anger, and the other a dead or sleeping cat, its guts strewn about the floor like a dropped plate of cat guts. I turn to the dog man. Yes, Sometimes the dogs get angry, escape from their cages and eviscerate and consume the cats. But if you know of a better way of storing cats and dogs near to one another, and with more than just a very thin grill separating them, and without curious 
<laughs> furious barking sounds playing on a constant loop from a nearby Sonos Play 5 Wi-Fi linked sound system with Alexa built in, then I'd like to hear it. I'd really like to hear it, please, because so many cats have already died! Well, I'm afraid I just don't know of any other ways to prevent the cats being brutally slaughtered by the dogs. I guess it's just one of those things. Yes, Steve. You might say that death is a fact of life here at the lamentable hutch of forgotten cats and dogs. <laughs> I thought you said this place was called... Oh, you know what? Never mind. Never you mind at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gandalf and I put a spell on you because you're mine. The minds of Moria, that is. <laughs> Regular features. Hey, you know eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I've never had two Joe features in such a short space of time. Too quick. Yeah. Uh, but I am aware of Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo. And you know it's terrible racist origins. And we were actually talking about Jeremy Clarkson just before. It's almost as if I watched an advert with him in and thought about how he said a racist thing once. Yeah. Well, you know Eeny, Miny, Miny, Mo. <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah. Meeny, Miny, Miny, Mo. Meeny, Mikmablab. The, the Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo. I looked it up. And I wondered whether the tiger bit came first or the bad bit came first. Okay. And it was the bad bit that came first and people have just covered it up. But they've not just covered it up with the tiger version. And I found out that there are a great deal of mostly in the 50s versions of Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo that are different. But tiger has been the most prevalent, so I thought I'd read some out for you. Tiger is the one that my mum corrected me to. Yes. Well, wait... Well, last you week, just, <laughs> last week, because you just <laughs> defaulted to the N word. I I don't know where I, I as a child. Oh, really? You actually right? Yeah. I thought that was a bad. I sang it in the back. Joke. I sat. It, I sang it in the back of the car. You I said, could've... "Shut up, Mum! <laughs> I know what I'm singing." <laughs> but she could have corrected you to any of these versions. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Put the baby on the po. When he's done, wipe his bum and shove the shove the paper up the lum. <laughs> I looked up lum. What was the lum? Chimney. Was that a real one? That's a real one. Oh, that's quite sweet. Yeah, but why would you stick shitty baby ass paper up a chimney? Up it, not in it. Where, you, where else? Good point. It will I can't think of a thing to do with it. Other someone than else's that. problem now. <laughs> the sky. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Where's the baby on the po? What have you done? You're not his mum. Oh, my stars. You got a gun. Eeny, meeny, miny, manger. Your baby's in terrific danger. <laughs> Shut your face, pick up your pace, and take me to the fucking safe. Eeny, meeny, miny, mun. I will do what must be done. Come on, thief. I won't cause grief. Keep close and follow. Chief. <laughs> Eeny, meeny, miny, mive, mix, mix, moo. The safe combination is 5662. <laughs> <laughs> Open the door, my gold is yours. Just climb inside, you big blonde boar. Eeny, meeny, miny, mostica. All this gold's embossed with a swastika. <laughs> the doors close after me. This feeling's nasty. <laughs> Am I robbing a bloody Nazi? <gasps> oh. Eeny, miny, Wait, eeny, meeny, miny, paperclip. I'm a moralist German scientist evac evacuated in 1945 to aid ongoing weapons research as part of Operation Paperclip. 
You're losing air. You'll die in there. Then I'll feed my lovely baby your Aryan skin to make him fair. Eeny, meeny, miny, moobermensch. <laughs> I stopped after that. <laughs> Obviously, because that was the one that became popular. And that's the real one. That's the real one. Moobermensch. <laughs> moobermensch. It swept Berlin like a plague. There you are. Fantastic. Thank you, Joe. Quite right. Guess what? Mm? I've got another one in the pocket. Time for Steve's regular feature. I'm going to slip it on out. You ready for it? Let's go. I like a regular feature, sir. You like a regular feature, too. Regular vanilla feature, too. Malfunction. Malfunction. Hello and welcome to my second feature. This one is called... Caller Heidi... Caller Heidi. Oh, right, yes. Okay. Yeah. I see where you are. So, you were of Caller ID? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if there was a film that was called Caller Heidi? Oh. Like The Born Identity, <laughs> which is also a pun. Is it? <laughs> born, as in he was born? Because it's so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I get it. Now you get it. Matt Damon threw me for a loop with that one. <laughs> he really did. It's taken me 16 years to understand that one. So I've written the synopsis of uh, this film, <laughs> which, which is called... Call, hang on. Call me, maybe? Call... Oh. What's going on? I've written the synopsis for a film. Call, it's called... Call, call her Heidi. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Cause every, every good film needs to have a good pun in, yeah. the, in the name. Please, said Heidi to the museum guard with a playful smile. (laughs) Call me Heidi. With a single tug, the cable on which she was suspended from a ceiling began to automatically retract, pulling her and the largest diamond in the world towards the air vent on the ceiling, from which she had earlier broken into the Louvre as part of a heist that she had organised over weeks of planning with her wealthy benefactor and on-again-off-again lover, the young and dashing Gianfranco Chase, who was himself the only heir to the Chase banking fortune, but sought out daring crimes not for the financial reward, but for the kind of dangerous adventure that might fill the void left by his absent businessman father and distant spiteful mother. So as you might guess, the twist is that the diamond belonged to the Chase family all along and that he's in it for the raw thrill of the theft and Heidi's got everything to lose and when she finds out, there's going to be hell to pay. Mm-hmm. Heidi's retractable cable gets snagged on a big sign that says, Welcome to the Louvre, the Mona Lisa's right over here, baby. And her katsu gets some serious camel toe. <laughs> As she attempts to extricate herself from her harness, she unclips the wrong carabiner and falls 40 feet to the marble floor with a wet thud. Holy shit, says the museum guard. Holy fucking shit. Another guard runs in with a flashlight. What's what's going on in here? She's stealing this fucking diamond and she just fell. I think she's... I think she's dead. She's not... She's not... Is she moving? The second guard sits the first one down so he can gather himself and he goes off to call an ambulance. Uh, After a few minutes, he comes back Mm -hmm. to the original guard. It's like, the paramedics are on their way and they sort of sit and they look at the scene before them, which is pools of blood around Heidi by now. He says, she must have died very quickly. 
if she came down from up there, he says, pointing towards the ceiling, right? He said, did she say anything? And the first guard says, yeah, yeah. She said, call me Heidi. Uh, a bit like, call her ID. <laughs> I think uh, like it was a pun. And then she zipped up real quick and got snagged and fell. And like, you, you know, you then it's a, that's when you walked in and yeah, you know the rest. And, All right, says the first guard, the second guard. And he, he says, look, just, just why don't you take the rest of the night off and we'll sort this out. You need to go get some rest. Are you sure? Are you sure? He's like, yeah, yeah, go home. And mate, he's talk to someone about this. This is like, don't bottle this up. This is, you've seen something horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so the guard stumbles to his feet, reluctantly agrees. He's like, call me if anything changes, he insists. And the guard says, yeah, it's all right. You just go home, mate. You sort yourself out. And the first guard walks towards the museum entrance. Once, once, no, he's out of eye eye line. His gait becomes more confident. He lifts up his shirt to reveal the big diamond and continues walking towards the entrance with a wry smile. Call me Heidi, he says. How about you call me Chase? Electric guitar music plays a Gianfranco Chase tears off his museum guard fake face and jumps into a sports car and speeds away. The year? 2012. <laughs> can, I, can I suggest one small change yes. to the ending? I think we should watch it. It'll be one single tracking shot and it tracks yeah. down and it follows him in his confident gait. Yeah, and maybe even comes up saying Gianfranco Chase, just so <laughs> just you know, in, in brackets, <laughs> yeah, like yell, like put exactly like Netflix subtitles, so yeah. you wouldn't even know. Yeah, and then it's not like Tarantino freeze frame no, 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 or anything. No. It's just <laughs> it tracks him, and we see him as it tracks past. We see him speed off in his car out the door, but it keeps tracking in complete silence until and he tracks, stops at some lights. <laughs> no, it tracks all the way down the corridor. And it ends and then starts zooming in on the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Because she's the murderer. And then <laughs> she murdered that lady. The murderer. With the sign. The lady oh, died. Oh, she did. Yeah, she was responsible. Yeah. And zooms right in on her mouth, her famous smiling mouth. Yeah. And just as the credits roll, it just suddenly goes into a frown. And then <gasps> just like... <laughs> like the end of Inception. Yeah, exactly. That's what happens at the end of Inception. That little spinning top does yeah. a big frown. <laughs> well... I love that's a, that. That's a great um, note. Um, did, what did you think of the film? Did you think was, that could be a... I think it's great. I think it's weird to start a synopsis in media res. <laughs> like, <laughs> so get this. Why does she not say... She says, call me Heidi. Well, that's the thing. But the she, name of the title is Call Her Heidi. She can never say her own pun. No. It's only... Um, people... What if she's in disguise pointing at a picture of herself at some point in the film? She, that, they're like, what's her name? That would be brazen. Mm. Um, Hacky. I, it was sort of the... the One of the guards almost teetered up by saying, what did she say? Mm. And he could have said, oh, she said, call her, call her ID. Call. And he, then he goes, oh, you've got call her ID? He's like, no, 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 call her... Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You got have you got more? I've got one more. Jesus. This one's just a <laughs> 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 
What's the best... I mean, I'm just bringing this on you. Can you think of the best story you've been told by a real person to your face that you're absolutely sure didn't happen? I had a friend in school that said his dad had a a special kind of jackhammer that if you pressed it against the building, the whole building would fall down. (laughs) Isn't that a wrecking ball or dynamite, isn't it? Yeah, they use a building. But it's a single tool. Yeah, a single tool. That's... Exactly like a jackhammer, but if you exactly like a jackhammer, yeah, but just special. Uh, only magic. his dad was qualified to use it. I see. Okay, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. So I got told a story. Can I have another? Can you, I can, have, can, you I can have as many as you like. <laughs> Sorry, because I just remember the same guy, and because he was so full of shit with this little jackhammer story, he told me that in um, PS2 game The Getaway. Oh, good game. Yeah, recreated London. That you could. There, on the first mission, the first big mission, when you go into, into a warehouse, there's a forklift truck there, and if you press on the on the forklift truck, you can drive the forklift truck. And I was like, "Yeah, fuck, mate, and your dad's got a big jackhammer." <laughs> yeah, I believe that when I see it. And then, like years later, I went up to the forklift truck in the getaway, pressed on it. He only fucking jumps in it and starts driving around. <gasps> can you drive it for the whole? I'm sorry, game? Barry. Barry from school. My friend, believe you. My friend at school told me that his dad had invented an invisible watch that could show you ghosts, (laughs) and I like half believed him for a little while, and then I found out his dad was a pharmacist, and I was like, "Bullshit! You can invent watches. He invents medicine. Different." He could invent a powerful drug that makes you believe anything his son says well, that's to you. <laughs> Maybe he just gave his son a load of fucking hooky meds. <laughs> he actually believed it. Uh, well, I got told a story in a pub, and this is absolutely true. Okay. Um, it's true that you were told the story. It's true that I was told the story. Okay. Um, let's see what you make of it. So, mm-hmm. friend of a friend uh, went travelling around South America... And ended up in Bolivia, and girl ends up in a hostel room. And often, when you end up in, ho- I've never done this. I hear this. Um, often, when you end up in like a hostel dormitory, you hang out. You end up hanging out with the people that you're sleeping in the same room as, because it's sort of an enforced crew. It's like a group of people, and they're like, "Oh, we're going here tomorrow." And they're like, "Cool, I like temples." I don't know what happens there, but yeah, you make friends. Lizards on the wall, all that shit. And then this girl ends up going out with this group of guys and they're having a great time they're having a drink mm-hmm. they're in Bolivia maybe it's a bit of the old naughty dusts mm-hmm. dusts up the noughts and then one of them is too far gone and he makes the sensible decision to go home and everyone else stays out and um, they come home later like the morning so it's becoming morning time and they come in and they see that this guy was pissed enough that he didn't quite make it into bed like how you would want to so he's nude from the waist up but his jeans are sort of halfway down him and they'd had a warning to close the windows in their dorm rooms before they went to sleep mm-hmm. um, 
and they weren't really sure why they were told to, but there were notices that said, close your windows. And this guy hadn't closed the window closest to his bed, and he's on a top bunk, and they come in, and his jeans are halfway down, and there's a monkey sucking his dick. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> there's a little monkey with his dick in his mouth. This guy, no. this guy sleeping, jeans half down, dick in this monkey's mouth. Who's telling you the story? The woman who was on Friend this? of... A friend of this woman, right? Is she also a woman? No. It's a man. Man. Because I think they're more prone to lying about monkeys sucking cocks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I lost my mind when I was told that. I think that's the funniest story I've ever seen. But naturally, I didn't believe it. My friend said, I swear it's true. And I was like, you don't know you weren't there. And he goes, my friend swears it's true. And I was like, well, how, do you, how can you tell she's not lying? That's a brilliant story. She could just be making up or it could be like folktale or something. Yeah. He goes, I've seen a picture. Steve, you've seen... <laughs> Here's a picture of a monkey sucking a sleeping man's dick. What? <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> For the readers at home, I see. I'm never putting this online because it is not mine to put online. N- no, and it would it would ruin it to know that what I'm seeing is a picture of a man lying on his back, arms behind his head, jeans down slightly to reveal, like below us. What I will say is an erect penis. Erect and like not bad. A medium-sized black monkey, with it fully inside his mouth. Well, so I couldn't tell if th- I've looked quite closely. <laughs> I can't tell if it is in his mouth or if it's near his mouth and is obscured by his head. But, but the, the the angle of the penis suggests that it's that it's being held inside the mouth of a monkey. <laughs> like, and the best thing about it is. I love the monkey's like fully straddling him, like his legs over the man, like yeah. he's just pinned his hand in there. is draped over his thigh. <laughs> yeah. Like it's such a loving position. That man is fast asleep, and is uh, oh, and the monkey's <laughs> right hand is laid flat among on the on the man's tummy, <laughs> like a sort of foppish. Like we want this baby. <laughs> now that's the most outrageous thing I've ever seen. So I've Google reverse image searched that. Right. That image does exist on the internet in one place, but it is an Imja post that tells almost the same story and from this year, which is when this travelling took place. So I think it is 100% legit. It's the best thing I've ever seen, and that is the best story I've ever heard. But no one will ever believe it. No. And I can't... I'm not sent... Don't ask me. I'm not sending anyone that picture, because it is not mine to send. No. I, I I took receipt of it entirely based on a position of trust that I would just talk about it. Absolutely, because they want the plausible deniability. Believe me, monkey suck dick picture is real. <laughs> um, and I feel so privileged that you've shared it with me on this on this two-man yeah. episode of Regular Features, um, because the that, what I have just seen, I feel very gifted now to, <laughs> to know that wherever we go in the world, there may be a little monkey outside at any moment with a taste for dick. With 
trying to slip your erect penis into his mouth mm-hmm. in a way that makes everyone feel slightly uncomfortable. And if you'd like to perform a similar act to slipping an erect dick into your mouth... I'd like to put a jingle in before we... <laughs> I think we need a bit of an insulating layer between that feature... And, and asking people for money. A call to give us cash. <laughs> All right. Regular features. Regular features. Regular features now. <laughs> That's awful. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and chuck us a little bit of cash per episode. Mm-hmm. It really does help us do the things we love to do, which is bring you the most up-to-date stories of men being sucked off by chimps. Real stories about it. Are this they... isn't even a log feature. No, that's an actual thing. I mean, I've seen the picture. Yes, yes, I agree. This could all be an elaborate ploy to get you to support us on Patreon. Mm-hmm. But I insist that it's not... I think this is the most important episode we've ever done. Because we're speaking truth to power, and the power is the power of a monkey to keep you pinned down while it sucks your cock. (laughs) We need another jingle before the very end. (laughs) Just to insulate the end of the podcast from the monkey fellatio stuff. Bring in the jingle. Hey, we've got a live show coming up on Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. You, If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, you have mere days to secure a ticket. We're almost sold out. Are we really? We it's really the are. the hottest Christmas show in town. Mm, the regular features Christmas live show, which takes part, takes place on December the 11th at 7.30 at the Canal Cafe Theatre. London, London, London. It's our last show of the year. Mm. Be there. A monkey sucked a man's dick. <laughs> <laughs>